0: Chris Lowe joins us
1: now. Chris. Chris you is think a th- voter too. Th- do you think that there are people that voted before this
0: weekend?
2: Sadly, yes.
0: Ah, mm. no. Okay, Chris. In- <laughs> Chris tell, me, you, tell me, tell me your votes. Because I voted I voted probably week
2: Chris can't tell you. Eight.
0: <laughs> I know I just wanted to see if he was gonna tell you.
2: Well, I can tell you this play. I never I never vote until after the conference championship game. And I can't discuss my ballot. Now I can discuss my AP media ballot. Voted for the AP SEC Player of the Year back in two thousand three, and I proudly voted for number thirty five, Ron Twain. Hey, you did. What I'm talking about C. Was that a
1: unanimous? Of what was it back then? No, I don't somebody dogged me. Somebody dogged
0: you? I think so. But I will no. say, Kentucky went undefeated that year. So oh.
2: I thought you want to share the didn't you want to share that player of the year? Yeah, I
0: want, Yeah, I want. Yeah, I did want. Yeah, yeah. But it should have been unanimous. Nobody. <laughs> okay. Any other well, year? you Tennessee finishes got nine choice. and seven. Thank you, Chris. You're saying a Kentucky rider voted against you. Probably you so. Oh, of course. Probably so. I'm just saying. I mean, would that surprise anybody though? No.
1: No. There, there, there are, there are several options. I think. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Well,
1: <laughs> moving on. Chris, we shouldn't
0: even been in contention. Chris Lowe, Lowe, Lowe made the right ahead, decision.
1: Hey, but can we? Can we start with what is really stuck in my crawl right now, uh, about what happened the last couple of days and that's the Miami mm-hmm. uh coaching switch, Chris? And the manner that it all went down. I'm I'm super bothered by it. Is did it did it really go down how we have heard it went down?
2: Yeah, everything that's ugly about uh, college athletics don't is sort of encapsulated in that whole deal and I'm sure you guys saw Manny Diaz's statement he put out in the last 30 minutes. And I think if you read the first few sentences of his statement, that pretty much um, tells you all you need to know. But, you know, when you get a bunch of millionaires together, uh, the pressure of winning football at the high level, weak leadership, no AD, uh, a, a program that was once proud and was winning national championships but hasn't really scratched. In the last two decades, unfortunately, things like this happened and and ha- here we are. I mean, I don't blame Mario Cristobal. That's home for him. His mom is there. She's not in the best of health. He played there. That's his school. You got somebody waving eight million dollars a year. They're going to pay your buyout. I mean, if I were him, I certainly would listen, and, and that would be attracted. So, people that are getting on him, okay, put yourself in his shoes. It's Miami, and the pre- where is the president in these matters? The president of the university, the chancellor of the university. Where are they when this kind of thing is going on? So that that's where I would point my venom toward during this whole thing, and not and and the, and the money people that feel like that they can manipulate these things, which is clearly what happened. That's where I turn my venom, not to Mario Cristobal.
1: Let's so move on to uh, Oklahoma, and when we talked to you last, you, you said that, uh, and I said the same thing, but uh, that, that Brent Venables was a name you kept hearing around the, uh, the circles, and, and now uh, you had the story uh, yesterday, Brent Venables to Oklahoma. What do you think about that?
2: You know, it's, it's sort of the same pattern, Brent, that Oklahoma's followed in the last two decades. They've always seemed to hire an, an assistant coach. Uh, Lincoln Riley was an assistant, was a coordinator, promoted him, Bob Stoops was a coordinator, Yep. at Florida at 98 when they promoted him or I hired him away. And, you know, Venables sort of fits that same level. He's been one of the better coordinators in all of college football, one of the highest paid. He's got Oklahoma roots. Uh, he, he's a guy that I think is, when it comes to recruiting and you start talking to people around the country, guys that are tenacious and relate and connect. I mean, Brent Venables is all those things. And I think he'll hire a good staff. I don't know. I've been running some errands. I don't know if they've announced it, but I think you will see him bring in certainly his plan is to bring in Jeff Levy, mm-hmm. the oldest coordinator, as his offensive coordinator to call plays. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, it's a smart on his part because, you know, go back to when Bob Stoops got the job in 99. Remember who his first offensive coordinator was? Hmm. Any, any guesses?
0: Ray no. Mike Leach.
2: Ah, I was just going to throw it out there. There you go. So, a defensive-minded head coach, you're always, you know, you, you're always wise to bring in that guy, but it's maybe a little bit cutting edge offensively. Leave him alone, let them do their thing, and I think that's ultimately what Venables do. You know, if he doesn't, he do get Levy, which I think he will as his offensive
1: coordinator. By the way, Leach playing Texas Tech in the bowl game is phenomenal. Uh, job by the <laughs> by the uh, bowl people. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what are you hearing about Duke? Is I know that that's... lawsuit done. I don't even know. It took forever. Yeah. Um, what, what are you hearing about the Duke job? I, I know that might not be the sexiest, uh, you know, hire uh, out there, but uh, I'm just curious.
2: Well, they they were in Clemson yesterday. Duke, uh, the AD, and some officials to talk to Tony Elliott, uh, Tigers offensive coordinator. Of course, Elliott's the one who turned down Tennessee last year. Yeah. Uh, was also involved a little bit at Auburn, as was Brent Venables. Venables turned down Auburn. Uh so Elliot is certainly right there at the top of their list. Jeff Larkin at Army is another one that I hear is is in that, as well as Mike Elko, the defensive coordinator and Mike was a is a Penn graduate, coached at Notre Dame, coached at Wake. Uh but Elliot now will Elliot, will Tony take it? You know, I don't know, but I think he's right there at the top of their list.
1: Chris Lowe national college football writer for espn.com is with us. All right, uh let, let's hit this Alabama Georgia thing. So Alabama sneaks by 6 and 6 LSU. They sneak by in overtime 6 and 6. Auburn, they spank the number 1 team in the country. Nick Saban loves situations like that, doesn't he?
2: Got to slay the dragon, man. You don't slay that dragon. You just let him just have a just a tiny little pulse. He's always going to come back and get you. And that's uh that's Nick saving in Alabama, but no, it's uh, you know it's the it's the worst combination for the other team. Former assistant, an Alabama team that's got a week to prepare for a, a game, a big stage game, and everybody sort of just dumping on the what Nick called the yummy rat poison <laughs> on Alabama, and, and sort of counting them out, which hasn't ha- happened often. I think that's the first time, guys, that. Alabama had been an underdog since 2015. That's
1: right. He's been an underdog four times at Alabama. He's now three and one.
2: So you're right, man. He he eats that situation up. Yep. I was told they had sayings and comments and predictions from national media and people <laughs> all over pasted all over their locker room. Ron Slay. And they thrive <laughs> on that stuff. I was talking to a couple of assistants. They said it's the best Week of practice they've had in a long, long time. And boy, that showed up on the field. Here's the other thing. And he's got mid state connections. Doug Monroe Alabama's offensive line coach. Yep. married Boots Dolly's daughter. Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator. You saw in that game the value of head coaching experience in the NFL. Because they absolutely school Georgia as far as adjustments, reidentifying protection picking up pressures, knowing where the pressures were coming from, coaching up Bryce Young to be able to attack and go after the weak parts of that defense that we haven't seen anybody be able to exploit this year. But that combination of Doug Marone, O-line coach, Bill O'Brien, offensive coordinator, uh, big day for them. as They absolutely were prepared for every situation.
1: Going to be a fun bowl season uh, from an SEC perspective. 13 out of the 14 SEC teams are, are in bowl games
2: to believe in it you know this is a year this is a year you had a bunch of teams here in the middle, yeah I mean and, and even Bama Bama was just a and n Tennessee takes Bama to the fourth quarter before they ran away from the loss, but I just felt like there was I don't know eight teams on any Saturday were pretty close, you know if they were healthy or were playing well or didn't turn the football over, were pretty capable of winning you know it just there was you know Vanderbilt was was the worst team. Georgia and Alabama were the best teams. Um, but after that, uh, who, who expects LSU on the last game of the season with a JV squad? Everybody else was hurt or adopted out beating A&M. You know, it was just that kind of gear, man. They're in the middle of the league. There were eight, nine, ten teams, depending on the Saturday and the circumstances that could win.
1: I love it. Um, we mentioned Alabama, uh, obviously, um, Georgia moving on from that loss. Can they get off the mat? Because that, that Georgia-Michigan game, that really feels like that's going to be a physical head knocker of a game, man.
2: Yeah, Michigan is a team physically that I think can match up with Georgia. I don't think they have the speed that Georgia does, but I'll say this, man. There were times in that game, and you guys weigh in, that Georgia went to step slow against Alabama, yeah. especially in the secondary. And even at linebacker on some, on some plays where Georgia's got a lot of speed at linebacker, you know, in open spaces, in the open field, they looked for the first time all year slow, and I still think they're faster than Michigan. And, but Michigan's one of the harder teams in college football right now, mm-hmm. playing with a lot of confidence, uh, has another been another team that's sort of beaten down a little bit after they lost to Michigan State. But here they are, Jim Harbaugh first win over Ohio State, first time they've been in the playoffs, first Big Ten championship he's won. Uh, that's got a chance to be a really good football game. I talked to somebody who was in the Georgia locker room after one, and they said it was a complete morgue. Just one of those locker rooms that you could tell just how much that took out of that team. I do think Kirby and the way he relates and connects with his players will have them ready. I think they'll use that game as motivation. But we found out a lot about Kirby Smart as a head football coach, the leaders on that team, because that is a devastating loss to lose like that to Alabama. How they come back from this, I think, tells you a lot about where this program goes from here the next year or two.
0: C-Lo, let me jump on out there and just and hit you with it. Um, I think that Georgia does bounce back, but I want to ask you, is this game not big enough? This Michigan Georgia game, is it not big enough one for for Kirby and Georgia to lose uh, and two if it's not a, if you're not in the playoff and it's not a run at the national championship will we continue to see seniors and guys that can go to the draft sit out of these bowl games
2: yes Clay, your first question man. see I think the worst scenario for Georgia and Kirby honestly mm-hmm.
0: okay.
2: is to win this game against Michigan which I think I would pick Georgia right now because I think there's enough for right. that program and they're a good enough football team that they'll bounce back and win. Right. But the worst scenario is to get Bam again hmm. in a championship game and lose again. Yeah. Think about what that offseason will be like oh. in Athens, guys, and oh how quickly God. it would have turned for this being the best defense since the 85 Chicago Bears, the most <laughs> dominant team, and all of a sudden they lose twice to Nick Saban in Alabama. You think there will be some restless people in Athens, Georgia, this off season? Hmm. Yeah. That's There's the going to be day some day. dogs destroying property oh, tonight. Them little short you dogs know those dogs, fans who well. go to St. Simon Island and all that. <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> I mean, we just flip it. <laughs> but, 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 Slade, your, your, your second question is a good one. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think there will be more and more guys who are draftable players that are in the Music City Bowl, the Outback Bowl, the, the Texas Bowl, those bowls that will not play. And I know fans hate that. I don't like it, but I get it, man. Mm -hmm. I get it. If if the the way the system is now, everything, all the chips have been moved toward the playoffs, the rest of the bowls are are sort of an afterthought, but that's sort of where we are now. Until we expand the playoffs, which we will, a year, two, three years from now, and get to 12 teams where it's more representative of college football, Ron, I think you're going to see guys doing that. And let me say this. If a coach... Leaves in the middle of the night, a la Lincoln Riley, Brian Kelly, and I don't blame them at all for taking on opportunities. I'm a capitalist. I love to see guys get new challenges and new opportunities. But if you're going to do that and some kid wants to transfer or he wants to sort of opt out and get ready for the draft because he doesn't feel like that game's for him, don't chastise that kid, man. He's got every right to do that because he's not the one making millions of dollars. It's a football coach. So don't be hypocritical about it.
0: Totally agree. Real quick, going on the way out, Chris. The NIL deals—it's—it's—it's it's, it's clauses in these NIL deals where kids are now transferring schools because <laughs> you may not hit your quota on your, <laughs> on your checklist of your NIL deal. Man, what like? Crazy. Who's gonna govern this? Are we just? It's, we own. <laughs> are we on? We, we let's all. play ball. <laughs> wild,
2: wild west. Yeah. Like cool modi. Yeah. I think we're on, Slay. I think okay. we're on, man. Yeah. I, who knows where this leads to? Because you know this is all new, man. We, we're all sort of sort of feeling our way through this, right? You know, schools, compliance department, players. There's all these agencies out there that are now, or help putting together these NIL deals and. How about the kid? The kid at the, the quarterback at, at Ohio exactly State. That's exactly what. That's
0: exactly where I'm going.
2: Yep. I mean, how how much cash did he already rake in? <laughs> man, that's crazy. But well, you know what? I don't. Good for him, man. If he can get it, get it. Yep. You know. But it's it's just the whole setup, and you go down this road, Slay. Once you go down this road, I don't know if there's ever any backing up. No,
0: it's nope. not. Because now college is going to start working with these companies, and it's really going to dive in. Oh, it's, oh, yeah. It's on. It's on. That was got to be your agent <laughs> back at 03 oh. Dude, We'd have had all sorts of car deals. Our... Let's get it, baby. <laughs> Boy, car deals. Gus's Good <laughs> oh, Times man. Daily. Nothing with no roof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, C Low. <laughs> Just good.
1: Chris, appreciate it, man. All right.